I'm Sarah Elizabeth Smith, and this is the Theosophia Podcast, a platform for women's voices in theology. Thanks for joining us today, folks. Today is a What's Going On episode. This time it's featuring my dear friend and colleague, Dr. Courtney Bryant from Manhattan College, or should I say the Dr. Reverend Courtney Bryant. And for those of you who are new to these episodes, the last one, my friend, uh, the Reverend Chantel Hinton and I did one on LeBron James's I Promise School. These episodes are meant to engage current events happening in the world and provide a little theological and social reflection from actual theologians. And this week, Dr. Bryant and I discuss Colin Kaepernick and Nike. I'm thrilled to have such a learned and eloquent ethicist on the show. I think y'all will really enjoy this one. We get into the notion of communal solidarity, willful ignorance, and the theological connections of the erotic. Thanks for listening, and always check check us out on all the social media platforms. Rate and review and subscribe to Theosophia on iTunes, and be sure to visit our Patreon page. Have a lovely week, y'all. Peace. Yeah, so uh, I am Dr. Courtney Bryant. I uh, teach at Manhattan College in New York City, and I explore issues of the erotic, particularly where the erotic and the Holy Spirit um, function in tandem, and how those things relate to all kinds of ethical relationality, whether it be sexual ethics, relational ethics. Um, issues of protest, um, and of course, the intersection of Christian uh, Christian and womanist ethics. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it so hard. <laughs> That's why yeah. I thought you would be the perfect person to talk about this mm-hmm. whole Colin Kaepernick Nike thing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I have all sorts of thoughts. Um, it actually... Um, makes me think a lot about the fourth chapter of my dissertation where I talk about the role of the erotic in protest, which I would consider a form of communal solidarity. Mm. Um, And so, I mean, I definitely see that in all of the things that Colin Kaepernick has been doing and attempting to um, gain a degree of, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, trying to essentially shine a spotlight on what's been going on and how that has been perverted um, Mm. and how people are taking what he's doing or what he has done and trying to turn it into something else. And so I've been really impressed by the fact that Nike has chosen to put some skin in the game and, Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, stand behind Colin Kaepernick, if not in like an, uh, like a clear assertion that, what he is trying to do is the right thing to do. Although one could say that when you, when you engage a person in uh, a platform like that and in um, when you allow them to endorse your product, essentially you are saying that this person stands for something. Um, And so we're seeing the ways in which people are 
having problems with that. And we're even seeing football teams removing their Nike swoosh and whatnot. But I'm, I'm also thrilled about the support that has been given to Nike as a mm-hmm. result. And I mm-hmm. wish that more corporate entities would take that kind of stand. Yeah. So to back up, so just so people know, Kaepernick's pro- protesting police brutality and famously he did it, gosh, was it last year or two years ago now? You know what? I think it was two years ago because I don't even, yeah, I don't even think that he played last year, but because of what he did, which I think is amazing, it just got got the whole ball rolling so that other players now, even though Kaepernick is no longer in the NFL, are willing to, you know, to kneel and not just players, but coaches. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Right. So he kneels during the national anthem Mm -hmm. for the football game Mm -hmm. and it's kind of, obviously got really visceral mixed reviews and Mm -hmm. you know I understand when he's protesting and I love and care very much about my black friends and the black community Mm -hmm. so to me as someone who values free speech and civil rights and the history of civil rights and doing you know nonviolent protests to bring attention to some issues um, is always going to piss some people off. Right. And obviously, historically that that's true, no matter what it's been. I mean, look, MLK lost his life because of it. That's right. Um, but Kaepernick chooses like this super, I think a really unique, but like super pointed way of grabbing a shit ton of people's attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the white community has seen it as a disrespect to mm-hmm. our military and our um, troops and police. I mean, everyone that mm-hmm. serves, serves in law enforcement has taken a real offense to this. And I also care about that community very much, very, mm-hmm. very much. Um, mm-hmm. I've had lots of family and friends in the military and police, and I've myself thought about those career um, paths. So, um, why, like, I guess, first of all, you know, why do you think white folk have misunderstood this protest so much? And, mm. you know, how, how as white people can we understand this as trying to lift up black folk, but not necessarily trying to put down white folk or mm. military police, but mm. as a, a working together I just I don't know why that's being missed, but it really, really is. Well, you know, primarily, I think that in order for white supremacy to function, there has to be a level of um, ignorance, I guess. And when I say ignorance, I mean willful ignorance. I'm not talking about not knowing, but but blindly turning your head the other way mm. uh, when something is clear. Um, you know, I'm often shocked. And I often sit and wonder how um, slaveholders who had children with enslaved women could allow their children to be sold away, but they did. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm often baffled by the fact that Christians could lynch African Americans on Sundays Mm -hmm. as, you know, and and like as a picnic or some Mm -hmm. sort of religious ritual attempting to rid their communities of you know, the negativity or what they saw as the savage beast. And so, you know, your imagination is really, really an amazing thing because we can breathe life into any kind of logic, 
you know, and, and make it true for us. And mm-hmm. so I, I see that willful ignorance happening here because if you don't turn your head, if you, if you take time to actually sit and really think about what's happening, then you too will have to become responsible for making a difference, right? Mm-hmm. Because then once, once you understand a thing, then you, be, you have to become morally responsible, right. you know, to, to do something else or to neglect it would be to be a quote unquote bad person. So it's easier, I think, to be willfully ignorant than to actually understand a thing and, and actually take responsibility in the matter. And we see that in you know, all walks of life. I don't think that just has to do with white supremacy. I think that's us as um, moral human beings, right? Mm-hmm. When we understand a thing, then it requires our moral agency. We have to then get involved. If, if we are who we say we are as Americans, or if we are who we say we are as Christians, recognizing that everybody's not a Christian. But I mean, according to um, the code of Americans and, you know, all people are created equal and according to um, the dogmas and beliefs of Christianity and this idea of the Imago Dei to allow people to be treated unjustly and do nothing about it would make you too an immoral person. So again, it's easier to be willfully ignorant. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I see happening here. But I also see a twisting of the narrative, you know, so, you know, and people, people will also believe what's easier to believe, what's more comfortable to believe. So right, if right. you see this and you see this, uh, you see Colin Kaepernick um, taking the stand and let's also put that in context as well. I mean, it was in fact a retired veteran who told him, well, you know, if you feel uncomfortable about it, maybe you should take a knee, maybe you should kneel. So it's in fact a retired veteran who told him, this is the way that you can honor the people and honor your country as you protest. So that's Mm -hmm. number one. Um, But number two, wait, what was my second point? Forgot what my second point was. But we were talking about the willful ignorance. Oh, when we put this in context, we also recognize that Colin Kaepernick is not the first athlete, not the first black athlete to do something like this. Like I'm, rem- I'm reminded of, I think it was the 1964 Olympics where, uh-huh. you know, you have mm-hmm. those people, uh, the, the athletes who won track and field and they chose not mm-hmm. to stand at attention with their hearts over their, I mean, with their hands over their hearts, right? right. right? Instead, yeah. they put up the black power fist to say, yes, right. you know, we just ran for this country, but we too are Americans, yeah. but we are black Americans. And mm-hmm. so we're going to take this opportunity and take this moment to shine a light on the injustice mm-hmm. that is happening in our community. So this has been happening, right? right. right. Um, Colin Ka- Kaepernick also falls in line with Muhammad Ali, who up until mm-hmm. the point where he died <laughs> was mm-hmm. considered such a horrible disgrace because of the stand that he took about the Vietnam War. They put they put Muhammad Ali in jail, right? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, after years have gone on when he's no longer a threat, when he can no longer, well, when he no longer chooses to command that kind of attention for the injustices, now he can be celebrated. And right. so, you know, America has <laughs> a short attention span and a tricky imagination. And that's just mm-hmm. how it's been for so long and will continue to be, unfortunately, until mm-hmm. people are willing to take a good, hard look at not only what's going on, but their role in right. what's going on. Right. I keep hearing this rhetoric. You know, the Nike ad with Colin's face um, mm-hmm. 
says, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything, mm. um, which mm-hmm. is, you know, just it, it's pointed, but, but vague, but everyone knows mm-hmm. what it means, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're paying any sort of attention, you know what we're talking about here. But, you know, I've hear a lot of rhetoric about, you know, he knows nothing about sacrificing and, you know, our mm-hmm. troops, our troops are going out there, our police men and women are going out there and, and sacrificing their lives every day, putting their lives mm-hmm. on the line for our communities. Um, and Kaepernick knows nothing about this. And, mm-hmm. um, and just this, also this narrative of like sacri- like the only thing that is the most high in terms of sacrificing mm-hmm. is sacrificing your life for your country. Mm-hmm. But it's, cho- it's choosing to me, this is how I'm interpreting all this with my lens is mm. I see as, you know, deciding to be part of the military police is an open choice. Um, Mm -hmm. but being, being a black person in America Mm -hmm. is not a choice. Mm -hmm. It's not Mm -hmm. a sacrifice that any of my black friends that I know Mm want to make and just Mm -hmm. walking around the world in their skin. It's not Mm -hmm. a choice. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But, and then this is also, you know, I think what you've said is excellent, but I also think that to some degree it conflates the issue because the issue is not about whether or not Colin Kaepernick has respect for the flag. I mean, there are a number of things that he could have done um, to call attention to himself during the, the singing of the national anthem. Right. We, and we can go into for a second um, how patriotism is a form of religiosity. Right. But, Sure. Certainly. Right. And so like, why are we even singing this before this game? We can go into that. But more importantly, Colin could have spit on the floor. I mean, there are all manner of things that he could have done. But to kneel silently and quietly is disrespectful to the flag? I think not. I mean, you know, and that's that's my opinion. Sure. Um, but, but ultimately, the question is not about is this disrespectful to the flag or not? His issue is how can I sit here and pay homage to said flag that allow, of a nation that allows this kind of injustice in my community? Mm-hmm. And, what, and my question becomes, when are we going to address that issue? For me, the issue of it being, oh, this is about the flag and disrespect of the flag is simply a red herring. It's a distraction. Mm-hmm. It's like, we don't want to deal with that right, question. Right. So instead, let's make it about this, right? Yeah. And so it's like um, a shell game. Right. And Trump is excellent at the shell game, right? right? And has used this shell game as a way to garner support from people who, you know, who, who, who use patriotism as religiosity. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not here to make a judgment about that. If that's what they choose to do with their lives, that's fine. But if we're going to talk about patriotism, then we have to talk about what America is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Well, and that brings us to some interesting things as well. You know, I saw one day something, it was on social media, about the flag and how the same flag allowed slavery. It's the same flag Mm. that allowed the Native Americans to be decimated. It's the Mm. same flag that even today allowed those um, children to be separated from their families, right? Mm. Under the guise of what a particular American looks like or who is allowed on this, who is allowed on this soil or who deserves to be treated fairly by people who are supposed to serve and protect them. Like we have to take those things into consideration before we even begin to start talking about the respect that the flag deserves. We have to start talking about this nation and how the flag is simply a symbol. 
just as, just as Colin Kaepernick's kneeling is simply a symbol. So what we have here is this, this, um, the symbol war, essentially, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Trying to determine what the significance of these actions are going to be and what the consequences of these mm -hmm. actions are going to be. But for black people to continue to fear their lives, for black people to continue to be worried about their husbands and their sons and even their daughters when they leave the house, for, or, or even when they're in the house, for fear of death or being shot or being wrongfully accused and incarcerated, like something's got to give, mm -hmm. something's got to give. And that to me is the real conversation mm -hmm. we should be having. Yeah. This question yeah. of, oh, is it respectful? I, I don't even understand why we're singing the national anthem at a football game, which is a recreational activity. Mm. But the fact that Colin Kaepernick would allow his career to essentially be ruined because yeah. he chose to take a stand for those who could not speak for themselves is laudable from my mm. perspective. Mm -hmm. Absolutely laudable. And I, and I commend Nike for making mm -hmm. that statement. Right. I want to make a theological connection here to me. Um, I, you know, tell me if you think I'm far, far out here, Courtney, but mm -hmm. Kaepernick to me is almost a kind of, Jesus figure. Mm. Now, let, let me explain this. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Jesus was killed by the state. Mm -hmm. He was disruptive mm -hmm. and caused issues in the community, and they put mm -hmm. him down. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, mm -hmm. he, like, and that's where I don't get the whole focusing on the nation and the military. Like, it has nothing do, to do with the military. Mm -hmm. Jesus... And if, if we're talking about our Christian faith and how our faith should inform these types of social things, mm -hmm. it, it's very comparable to me, mm -hmm. to, what, to the Jesus story. Absolutely. And like, we don't, the Roman soldiers in, the, in Rome as an empire, like, that was not who I pledged my allegiance to. Sure, mm -hmm. I have to function within its rules, of course, as a, mm -hmm. you know, a citizen that's trying to live and you know, prosper, mm -hmm. what have you, of course, I have to function in that. Unlike today in the United States, I have to function in our democracy and, you know, be a lot abiding citizen. But when, mm -hmm. when shit happens that isn't just, mm -hmm. and there's a problem that needs to be fixed, which Jesus was all over the problems. That's right. He was all over the social justice problems constantly. That's right. All the man talked about was helping those in, that were marginalized. That's absolutely right. And I see, I see Kaepernick doing the exact same freaking thing. I don't understand <laughs> why we haven't made that connection in popular Willful ignorance. Right. Willful ignorance. And also, okay. you know, you have to also remember that, you know, your religious sensibilities and your theology are very much developed by where you are getting said theology from. And, you know, I'm the first to say that American Christianity is broken. American Christianity is yeah. about how God can get you as rich as you can be, how he can, how God yeah. can get you what you want. Yeah, that's right? prosperity and gospel. That's, I mean, and, and even if we don't give it the moniker of the prosperity gospel, I mean, way back in the day, <laughs> um, I think it's, uh, Max Weber comes up with the, the idea of the Protestant work ethic and the idea that to be, to, to be poor is sinful. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, if so, there there's this we we pursue a God that gives us success. We do not pursue a God that causes us to sacrifice for that which we believe in. Right. There's no losing 
in Christian in American Christianity, there are only winners. And so when you look at it from that perspective and you realize that people are being taught that, you know, to be a Christian is to win. It is to be uh, citizens of this city on a hill. You show everybody how things are done, but there's never any humility. There's never any sacrifice. There's never any responsibility for those who cannot help themselves. Mm-hmm. Then you have a problem. Mm-hmm. And then you get this kind of skewed doctrine where you can play the shell game where, oh, no, it's not about injustice. It's about respect for the flag. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's really good. It's it's unfortunate is what it is. And so, Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. Yeah. it's unfortunate the ways in which our country can be pulled by their heartstrings as we play with these or politicians play with these different doctrines, you know, for their own advantage. And it's, it's also complicatingly interesting that Nike, you know, has been uh, on the forefront of social, um, of, what am I trying to say? Of um, social protest, social change. Well, no, on the other end of it, like mm. like uh, using sweatshops in countries oh, abroad. Oh, yes, and, yes, and actually like being mm-hmm. a part of the problem That's with right. our with capitalism gotcha. and our, you know, mm-hmm. and and that mm-hmm. Nike wants to kind of help right. with image, you know, and right. the things that Nike chooses to do and doesn't do. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I do. So you're saying that this looks more like uh, an opportunistic sort of move. Perhaps. Where it's like, look at us, we're doing the right thing. And that's interesting because I was reading something that said that Nike's sales were slumping in America. Mm -hmm. And so I I wonder if this is a tactic. Who knows? Who knows? And it's unfortunate that like, that that lives hang in the balance, right? Right, If in fact, no one is really caring (laughs) about the issue and you know because my question then becomes well what does an ad with colin kaepernick what does it do like Mm -hmm. does it change does it change my minds or does it simply continue to um to inflame the Mm -hmm. nerve right and Mm -hmm. keeping it before us but with no reconciliation and with no sort of resolution right and that part i can't answer I know it's tough. It is. And I often wonder, I'm like, I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, is this, is smashing this in people's faces once again, really going to make a difference for white mm. people? I just don't think so. I wonder, I wonder. Well, I, there, I, I the know. one thing that I will say is that, you know, signs and art matter. Mm-hmm. They matter a great deal mm-hmm. because signs and art teach us how to be moral. They really do. Mm-hmm. You know, if we think about this particular moment in the Trump administration and the way American morality has experienced this imbalance, because our leaders, not my leader, but because America's, <laughs> because America's figurehead leaders um, allow such ridiculousness, such hostility, the, because they lack integrity, leaves everything up for grabs so that Mm -hmm. we become a country without morals and we can do whatever we want. We can hit people. We can say horrible things about them. We can be an unjust nation because the quote unquote leader sets the tone. Mm -hmm. Um, If we live in a nation where our leaders are exemplary, where our leaders are people who can be respected to be, to be, to have integrity Mm -hmm. um, 
and to live, for lack of a better word, righteous lives, then that sets the tone and a standard for the nation, right? Mm -hmm. But as we've seen, we've seen all manner of ridiculousness happen in America um, Mm -hmm. since the, what was it, the 2016 election? Was it 2016? Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah, the 2016 election. Uh, And that will continue. So long as those who are lifted up to be leaders and put in leadership roles act this way, then we are teaching our young people, we are teaching those who are easily influenced that anything goes and that injustice doesn't matter and that all that matters is that the economy is booming and that everybody has a job, which by the way, I don't think is true. Your work and what you do in womanist ethics and erotic stuff. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to go back to that and ask you Mm -hmm. how your work and particular Mm -hmm. interest in the erotic and protest Mm-hmm. Um, and that idea of communal solidarity, how that you see that functioning and just the positive aspect of what Colin Kaepernick's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I definitely look at protest as a form of um, communal solidarity, as you know, which I think is also um, a practice, an erotic practice, in that people are using their bodies to as symbols. Um, and as agents of protest for the greater community. And so in so so doing, there's always a level of sacrifice that takes place. Um, And so when we look at Colin Kaepernick, I mean, there were certainly consequences for his actions. I mean, they essentially ousted him from the NFL. I mean, I don't know that he was necessarily like the number one draft pick or anything like that, Um, but there came a point where they felt like his protest was overshadowing the game, his performance, and what have you. And so as a result, he now loses his livelihood for the sake of standing up for vulnerable communities. And so for me, I'm always wondering about like, how we can get more skin in the game, if you will, um, mm-hmm. and how we as Christians um, can stop just talking the talk, but actually walking the walk. Mm-hmm. And in that walk, we see the erotic, right? We see us putting our flesh on the line for others in the ways that Jesus put his flesh on the line for us. Um, And for me, that is an incredibly erotic act in the sense that it is love in action or love in flesh. Um, And that often these kinds of acts, as I said, are sacrificial, which really broadens our understanding of the erotic because we often think about the erotic as only pleasure. Mm. But here we see like this notion of sacrifice that is not necessarily pleasurable um, and that requires a degree of discipline. It, de- it requires a degree of loss um, for the sake of your brothers and sisters. Um, mm-hmm. And so in that way, um, it's definitely erotic, but also gives us another dimension of the erotic and how the erotic can be sacrificial. And can you quickly define erotic in the way you're using it? Mm-hmm. So as I said, the erotic for me, as I define it, is love in flesh or love in action. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, in Christian history, we've dealt a lot with agape and philia. Um, and there's been this, I don't know what we call it, essentially um, this bastardization of the erotic, right? As something that's evil, mm-hmm. um, something that we should be afraid of, but in actuality, The erotic is simply um, flesh enacting love. And in my mind, flesh enacting love requires the spirit. Mm -hmm. So 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, and so that's what makes it theological as well. Yeah. And it's really important in my mind that we think through how we can demonstrate love on a daily basis with our flesh, with our bodies. Um, and in so doing, thinking through how the erotic can be more than just pleasure, but in actuality, um, a mature kind of love that requires, in some cases, sacrifice. Right. And kind of like a form of a, asceticism. Mm-hmm. To, to some degree. But so, and, and it's interesting because we often think of the erotic and asceticism as being polar opposites right. when in fact, yeah, they, they probably can coexist in ways that we haven't even begun to imagine because of the way that Christianity has characterized the erotic in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of communal solidarity, mm-hmm. you see Kaepernick's protest as bringing together not only black folk, but, you know, really. But Absolutely. Yeah. So somebody that um that actually really deeply inspired me. I don't know if you remember her, but Mary Early Zald from um Vanderbilt. Uh-huh. So she was telling me about the fact that she has actually committed to the practice of kneeling every time the national anthem is played, no matter where she is. Wow. And so here is this woman, you know, um, I'm not really sure how old she is, but certainly white seems like maybe middle class you know is attending vanderbilt right now but mm-hmm. kaepernick's actions have inspired her right and in this way i feel i find this interesting because in the black church we talk about how the spirit moves from heart to heart and breast to breast mm-hmm. and so the erotic is also in some ways contagious that erotic energy mm-hmm. is contagious in the sense that it inspires others to act to acts of love as well mm-hmm. and so here we have someone who doesn't know kaepernick but has seen what he's done and it's kind of taken off. And I'm sure she's not the only person. Right. And what's interesting is how this communal, communal solidarity um, manifests itself in these various communities in the same kind of choreography, right? This kneeling for the national anthem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in, in so doing, we have this communal solidarity in communities that don't look like each other, that are miles and miles apart because mm-hmm. of the initial sacrifice of Kaepernick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, one of the uh, f- famous women's soccer players, Megan Rapino, mm-hmm. was one of the first female athletes on a major stage to do it. And I think mm-hmm. she did it because she plays for the United States team and for, you know, a professional team. Mm-hmm. But I think she's done it, you know, wearing the United States and playing for the U.S. So that's pretty pointed, really pointed. Now, did, were there, did she experience any consequences as a result? That's a good question. I should have looked that up. Maybe. I'll have to look that up. Mm-hmm. But even if she did, if she did, it would be another way in which she would be in solidarity with Kaepernick and she sacrificed whatever, losing some pay for that game or suspension from playing other games. Right, right. Well, I hope that it continues. I, I mean, mm-hmm. so I was talking with one of my friends about how Nike has now, um, you know, taken on Ka- Kaepernick as a spokesperson, um, and how ultimately this is a, a this is a win for Nike. Their stock is up and they're moving merchandise. Um, but I'm fearful because I'm wondering if this is like the the cooptation of something that is really beautiful for capitalistic gain. Mm-hmm. And you know. 
we never know if it is or if it isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting to see corporations now getting involved um, in what was once just an individual practice of communal mm-hmm. solidarity. Um, and it's amazing to see the ripple effect, whether it be Mary Orleans or it be Nike. I mean, these things, they have a life of their own or they take on a life of their own as um, a symbolic physical event or erotic event that Mm -hmm. now uh, continues to draw both ire and attention for these vulnerable communities when the messaging is, has not been twisted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's interesting to think about Mm -hmm. because when I, I've thought a lot about like, what do I, because we do, I mean, shoot with sports events. I'm all, we're always here in the national. I work at a school. We play, we do the Pledge of Allegiance every day in the lower school. Oh, wow. Um, we're intense here. In wow. State of Oklahoma. But, like, mm-hmm. I've thought about, like, what is my way of being in solidarity with this cause because I care about it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I need a job. And I need, <laughs> I need to be a good. And, I mean, and so that's <laughs> what it ultimately comes down to. It's like, okay, so you have your body. And you can do with this body what you want to be an agent as you so please, but you always have to take into consideration yeah. the consequences, right? And that's why sacrifice will always be a component of community solidarity. Yeah. I mean, community solidarity. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the powers that be don't want the status quo to change. Right. 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 And so I was talking in, uh, in my dissertation, I discussed... Um, the protest at um, UVA, right? And how the young woman who died um, was acting in a a mode of communal solidarity or an erotic mode of communal solidarity. And at the end of the day, puts her life on the line, just as, you know, those vulnerable communities' lives are on the line, right? So in a lot of ways, the solidarity is not just in support or advocacy, but I mean, this young woman lost her life because Mm -hmm. some crazy nut job drove through that crowd and the body count is not just about you know those vulnerable communities of color but now even the young white women woman who comes to protest at uva right yeah yeah it's not just it's not symbolic it's not just oh i might lose my job but these i mean i have a friend peter capretto who was protesting i think um after donald trump was elected and he too uh, was the victim of somebody just trying to drive through the crowd. Yeah. I mean, people are putting not only their bodies, but their lives on right. the line these right. days because, because everyone is upping their ante and things are so crazy. Right. Yeah. Good, rich, rich things to think about. Mm-hmm. And if nothing else, every time I hear the anthem, I am thinking about this. I'm not thinking about, I don't know. I mean, I certainly sometimes think about our troops and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But we have to remember that but it was I, a fool who told Kaepernick yeah. to kneel. Right. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, it's not as though the troops have not been a part of this conversation from the very beginning. Right. It's not though the nascence of this movement was not the idea of a veteran. Right. And so in my mind, that, that, it, makes, it makes this counter argument somewhat moot to me. But yeah, yeah. No, I'm, yeah, I get you for sure. Mm-hmm. 